I'm, it's always an honor to, to share with, with my church, and, uh, and I just love the privilege of doing that. And uh, so Pastor Eddie asked me a while back, he said, would you speak on, in February on relationships? I don't know if he said, would you do it? Or I said, how about if I do relationships? But, uh, and that's great because it's not, you know, this, this month is not just going to be about marriage and family and couples and, and, uh, and love and Valentines and all of that, but about relationships as a whole. And where and and how that plays into who we are in the body of Christ, and how we are connected to one another through Christ in the relationships that he that he brings us to. Um, there's a story about a a, a guy that uh, or a lady that was listening to the radio to a kind of her favorite country station, and she heard a song, and man, it just she just loved it. She just loved it, and so she said, "I, I have to have this song." And real quick, she ran to the phone and dialed the number of her favorite record shop. And uh, she said, do you have eyes of blue and a heart so true? And the, she dialed the wrong number in her haste. And the guy said, no, but I got a wife and four kids. She said, is that a record? He said, no, but it's above average. <laughs> well, I want to talk to you about relationships that are above average. And, and what it means to be in a very very unique and very special kind of relationship. How many of you know that we are all somehow connected through our relationships? That, that relationship is part of what it means to be human. To be a part of the human race is to be involved in, in relationship. You know, uh, back in the day when Doris and I were, were dating, it wasn't quite as easy to know if you're in a relationship or not. Now... You just go on Facebook and you know, and you say, oh yeah, I'm in relationship. I didn't know that, but I'm in relationship. And so now we know, but, but what does that mean and how are we connected? There's, a, there's a, a classic poem that I pulled out that says this by John Donne. No man is an island entire of himself. Every man is a continent apart from the main. If a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less. Any man's death diminishes me because I am involved in mankind. And then the last line is that line that Ernest Hemingway used to, to, uh, as the title of one of his books. Therefore, never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. No man is an island entire unto itself. We're all connected somehow. Paul says it even better in Romans chapter 14 and verse 7 when he says, For none of us lives for ourselves alone and none of us dies for ourselves alone. We are connected in relationship. We're, we're a part of relationship. Now, the last thing that I want to do, and the last thing you want to hear, is for me to spend four weeks just lecturing to you. So we're going to kind of be talking back and forth through this a little bit. So let me ask you, um, what kind of relationship are, are, are you in? Uh, and I'm not talking about qualitative. Don't stand up and say, my husband's a jerk. I'm in an awful relationship. <laughs> that was last year when I spoke. If you missed it then, that's it. No, I mean, I mean, what kinds of relationships? Who are you in connection to relationship? Just, just yell it out. Yell out a relationship. Grandfather. There's one of my favorite. Grandfather, Mike. Yeah. A mother. I'm in relationship. Well, I'm not. But Vera's in relationship as, as mother. What, what other kinds of relationships? 
Spouse, sister, just keep yelling them out. Aunt, grandmother, student. Good. So these are all family relationships. But now here's one that's not family, but as a student. I'm, I relate differently to my teacher, to my fellow classmates, than I do to other people, perhaps. So what are relationships? Work. Work. Friend. Teacher. Church. Body of Christ, boss, employee, almost everything. That we, you know, the, the guy that changes the oil in my car, in some way, I'm in relationship with that guy. I'm somehow connected to him. And so we are all somehow tied one to another by relationship. I'm, I'm going I'm to really show you that real graphically in just a moment. But let me start out with this thought, with this right now. I, I confess to you that that tonight, this is, a, this is a pretty important thought because everything's going to center on this idea. If I'm wrong about this, then the whole month is blown. But I, but I don't think I am. Uh, Richard Rohr, who's a Franciscan priest, and, and uh, just an, I, just, I enjoy what he writes. He's just a smart guy and deep. And, but Richard Rohr, uh, in, in his book, The Divine Dance, he starts out this way. He says, in the beginning was the relationship. In the beginning was the relationship. You remember Genesis 1, 26? It's, it's interesting to me, the older I get, the more often I go back, Pastor Eddie, to Genesis. Almost everything starts in Genesis. You know, there's so much of human nature and, and, and relationship and marriage and church and, and, the, and the state of the world. So much found right there in that first chapter or two of Genesis. In Genesis 1, 26, what does, what does God say? as he is talking about, you know, let's, let's add to this creation. We've been, we made the stars, we said this is good. We made the sun, we said this is good. We made plants, we said this is good. And then God says, let's add to that kind of the, the summa bona, the, the supreme good. Let's add to that. He says, let us make man in our image. I, I don't, what? What does that mean? Let, let us make man is, I mean, is God schizophrenic? Is he, is he, you know, is he, is he, is he talking to himself? Or is it possible that God right from the very first said, it's important for you to understand that I am the relationship. A little later on, we'll look at that in more detail. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the relationship. That it's, it's not that God is in a relationship or that God is kind of uh, shows us what relationship might be like. God is the relationship. And when, if we try to separate God from the relationship, we, we damage both. That, that God is the relationship. And so we're going to look at how that affects and informs everything else that we believe about relationship. Is that all right? But first, let's talk about how we are connected in a relationship. Now, this is one of those great ideas that this is, this is going to be the most amazing thing you've ever seen or the dumbest thing you've ever seen. I, I, but we'll just see how it goes. Here's, here's what I'd like to do real quick. You know, in the, when I was growing up in the old days... On Wednesday night, we would have testimony services. You remember those? We'd stand up and testify. Same four people would share the same testimony. They'd do the same thing all the time. In our church, we said, saved, sanctified, and satisfied. 
And I, in my back, in my in the back, I would say, "No, saved, sanctified, and petrified," because you haven't done anything for a long, long time. We are connected. No matter where we are, we are connected by our stories, and our stories are about our relationships. That that. I talked to my wife and she said, we need, to, we need to get in church. I ran into some guys at Bojangles and they said, it's always about being connected through relationship. And it seems to me that part of what God is trying to say is that when you see me, you see a relationship. And it should be when you see a relationship, then, then you see me. That, that, that not only are we made in the image of God as human beings, we're made in the image of God as, in a relationship. Um, there is a, I don't know if this is, I'm, well, uh, there's one more thing I'll try. There is a, an iconic painting uh, by a Russian uh, artist by the name of Andrei Rublev. Uh, and I don't know, it, it, this is, the, the actual title of the painting is The Visitation of Abraham. But it's, it's a depiction of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if, and if you know much about I, icons, Icons, in, in particularly in Eastern Orthodox churches, they carry much more weight and, uh, and, and have much more meaning, very intricate meaning in every little part of them. And so they, they take on a very special significance, almost to the point of, of idolatry, would, we would say. So we tend to stay away from icons. But, but they do have great meaning for us. And in this picture of the, of the Trinity... It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God the Father is depicted on, on my left. I guess it's your left too when you look that way. It's on the left in, in gold. But if you could, it's hard to see from there. If you could see, God the Father is, 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 is bowing, is deferring to the Son. Jesus is depicted in blue. God the Father and the Holy Spirit are are at exactly the same level. Jesus is elevated just a little bit because of his willingness to surrender himself and become a part of mankind. But, but the point of the picture is that there's no difference in the, in the Father and the Spirit. The Father is deferring to Jesus. He's bowing to him. Jesus bows his head back to the Father. The Holy Spirit bows his head to both. The Holy Spirit is depicted in green on the right. And they are at the table together, equal partners, equal people, in, in this divine relationship where they are surrendered and submitted to one another, and it is the picture of but what both the Trinity looks like, the divine relationship, and what we are called to in the relationships that we are in. So my, the, the point I'm trying to make in all of this is that we are in a relationship that is modeled after the, the Godhead. It's modeled after God. When we see God, we say that's what our relationship will look. Does that make sense? Does that kind of compute with you? Because It's important that it does because we're going to spend the next three weeks talking about what that means and how that looks. So, so my relationship takes its key from God. God is the model for every relationship. Not just God, but the, but the Trinity God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The key thought is that every relationship is modeled in the image of the triune Godhead. Okay? All right, that's about all I got. Thank you all for coming. Uh, So what does that mean? And let's let's talk about what that means. There are four things, I think, that are that are evident in the, in the nature of God that should be evident in our relationships. And as we seek to have good relationships as students 
or as grandmothers or as a husband and wife or as friends, then we should look to have these four things present. And we're going to talk about them over the next few weeks. The first is this character, that, we, that, that God is a, a character, that there's integrity, there's holiness in God, character in God. The second is vulnerability. And we're going to talk next week. Tonight we're going to touch on character. Next week we're going to talk about what does it mean to be truly vulnerable in a relationship. Let me just tell you quite honestly right up front. I don't want to be vulnerable in a relationship unless God has done it already and showed me that that's, shown me that that's the way that relationships are supposed to work. The third is intimacy. Genuine, true intimacy. And we're going to look at a verse of scripture in just a moment about each one. And then the fourth is structure. Uh, let me kind of jump to the end and say real quickly, get myself in trouble right off the road. You know, what does it mean that the, that, the, that the Scripture says in Ephesians, husbands are to be the head of the home. Wives, submit yourself to your... What does that mean? Well, there's structure. But when that structure comes with vulnerability and intimacy, then there's, not, there's, there's no threat in that. And so we can't have the structure until first we understand the vulnerability and the intimacy that's, that's required. So, character. 1 Peter 1.16. God's quoting uh, himself in the Old Testament. He says, be holy as I am holy. The, the relationship that I long for, the relationship that I, that I think God desires for me, whether it's a relationship with my pastor or a relationship with my grandkids, the relationship that I long for is a relationship of character, of integrity, of, of holiness. There are things that that relationship brings to my life that make me a better person than I would be if I weren't in that relationship. Character comes from that relationship. The second is vulnerability. Uh, Remember that passage in Philippians chapter 2 when Paul is describing Jesus, the great kenosis passage, that emptying passage. And he says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Took on the form of a servant, became obedient unto death, even death on the cross. You, you, you remember that passage of scripture? Listen, if, if you say to me that in the church I, I should be submissive to my pastor, that my pastor has a spiritual authority over me, and my pastor is living out vulnerability, I say... Bring it on. There's no problem there whatsoever. The problem is, in a lot of relationships, we want, the, we, we want the structure, we want the authority without the vulnerability. So there's vulnerability. The third thing is intimacy. True, genuine intimacy. Especially in, in February, Valentine's Month, when we, I say, I'm going to talk about intimacy, the guys all say, oh, good, he's going to talk about sex. I can't wait. Oh, that's going to be. No, I'm talking about a different, even a deeper kind of intimacy. Jesus said in that great high priestly prayer in John 17, Jesus said that all of them may be one Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. Wouldn't you you like to be connected in those kinds of relationships, in that kind of relationship, where it's hard to know where Doris stops and I begin, that that we're connected and not just with doors, but in, in, in the, as the body of Christ and, and the people that I work beside, that we, are, that we are connected intimately because we're modeled after the Trinity. And then finally, structure. 
Uh, here's the, there's probably better scriptures. Here's the best one I could think of. In Mark 1, 11, when Jesus is being baptized, we hear a voice from heaven. The Father says, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. They are co-equal members of the triune Godhead. There is no difference between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And yet there is a structure There is a hierarchy. The Father looks down over the Son and says, this is my beloved Son, and the Holy Spirit appears. There is a structure. And in our relationship, relationships don't work unless unless there's some kind of structure, unless there's some kind of hierarchy. But the hierarchy only works when we understand the character and the vulnerability and the intimacy that comes to us in relationship because we are modeled after the, the, the triune Godhead. Is that okay? Does that make sense? Well, all that's kind of background to get us to this point then. And let me share this with you very, very quickly. And then I want to I show you one more picture. Um, so there, these are the six principles. I've, I've jotted down six principles, I think, that, that relate to the character of God as it is played out in, in relationship. And as I... As I work through these, I want you to think about the relationships that you are in and ask yourself, are these things present in these relationships? Am I, am I helping these things to be present? Am I keeping these things from being present? The first is this, all human behavior is determined by values. All human behavior is determined by, by, is determined by values. So I bring something that I believe and something that's important to me, I bring that into the relationship and I respond and I react according to that, according to what's important to me. And if, if that person in the relationship is not high on my value list, if they're not important, then I behave that way. I, I act that way. Our values are played out in our relationships. I got a, I got a text last night. And when I got home, I asked Doris, and I was pretty sure she didn't get it. I said, did Jennifer send you a text, my daughter-in-law? And she said, no. She didn't. I thought she sent it only to me. Uh, my daughter-in-law was talking to my grandson, Jackson, who is five. And, uh, and she, apparently she had asked him if he loves her more than anything in the world. And Jackson said no. So Jennifer starts videoing this. Jackson said, no, Mommy. I love God first. Isn't that good? Yeah, I love God first. And then I love Jesus second. Isn't that good? That's good. And then he said, and mommy, I love you third. Isn't that great? She said, who do you love fourth? He said, Poppy C. I said, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm teaching him to bring his values into the relationship, right, from them. With enough candy and enough trips to Dairy Queen, you can, you can change their value system. So. so all human behavior is determined by our values. And the relationship between God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, that loving, intimate relationship, it is, it is uh, informed by and determined by the values that they place, the things that matter, the things that are important, the value of, of affirmation. Of, of affirming, of, of, of holding one another up, the value of, of being connected and involved to, with one another, the value of being servantly, those things are in that relationship. And those, so those things should be present in our relationship. All human behaviors determine values. 
Everyone has some authority. Now, this is a principle that's very... Everyone has some authority. And so if I'm in a relationship or trying to establish a relationship where I suck all of the authority out of the relationship and I give no place of honor and no place of value to the other parties in the relationship, then it's not a relationship that is modeled after the relationship that God for us. There is, there is some authority. There is some, there is some role. You, know, you remember Paul's discussion in, in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, we're the body of Christ, and every member of the body is important. The, the little toe has some authority in the, in, in the relationship. And so every relationship has some authority. And this is going to become important as we begin talking through the course of the, of the next few weeks about what it means to truly be vulnerable in a, a relationship. In, in, in our relationship, Doris and I, and I don't, I don't like to use us as a, as a model, but in our relationship, we very carefully have spelled out the authority in our, in our relationship. I am in charge of all of the big decisions in our marriage. I'm responsible for all of the big decisions. And Doris takes care of the little decisions. We spelled that out years ago. You know, in 39 years of marriage, we've never made one big decision. Every time we face a decision, Doris says, it's a little one, I'll take care of this one. You are in charge of the big ones. You do the big ones. I'm just waiting. If we have, we've bought houses, we bought cars, we moved. If we ever have a big decision... I'm in charge. I'm ready for that. But, but every relationship has some authority. And, and if, we don't, if we don't honor that, well, then the third is this, that authority has limitations. If, if, if I am in a relationship where it's only authority and there's no limit to that, that's not a relationship. That's a dictatorship. I'm just ruling over and lording, and I'm not in, and that's certainly not the relationship that the triune Godhead is modeling for us. In that, in that relationship with the triune Godhead, when, when, uh, when, when Jesus says, um, he's, at the, he's at the well, and they said, you know, do you want to go get something to eat? He said, no, my meat, what's right for me, is to do the will of the Father. You know, there's, there's, I limit my, their authority here and I, and I take, and I'm obedient. I, every relationship has, or every authority has limitations. Everyone has some responsibility. Everyone in the relationship has some responsibility. If we look very carefully at the, you know, and I say this jokingly, I hope you all know I'm joking when I say this. But, uh, you know, you have a better understanding of the responsibility of the Holy Spirit than I do. I mean, you, you grew up, you cut your teeth on the Nazarene church. The Holy Spirit is kind of an afterthought. Uh, you know, we, we, we have God the Father, God the Son, and Beth Moore. That's kind of, that's the, that's the Holy Trinity for us. But for you guys, it's kind of a... And, and there, are, there are vital responsibilities in the triune Godhead. Vital responsibilities. And the same thing is true in the relation. Now, again, I want you to think, I'm not just talking about, it's hard to do this and not just think about, okay, this is about my marriage. But it's not about, it's, my, it's about my relationship with my kids. That they have responsibility, that I, that I honor them enough to give them responsibility. Now, my kids are 35 and 30. The responsibility they have is far different than when they were five and three, but I guess they weren't. Well, they were five and zero. They were six and one. Never mind. You'll figure it out. But our, 
there is there's responsibility and I'm not in a healthy godlike relationship unless I'm willing to surrender responsibility and I'm willing to take on responsibility so every uh, relationship or everyone has responsibility principle number 5 is responsibility always comes with expectation if there is responsibility then there are some expectations of what that looks like when I, when I live that out. So again, if I'm in a, in a relationship that is totally one-sided, uh, I keep saying not to compare this just to your marriage and then I compare it to marriage, but you know, I come in at the end of the day, I plop my shoes off, drop down on the couch and say, woman, get me something to eat. And, uh, you know, and it's totally one-sided. And that's not, the relationship that's modeled after this triune Godhead where there are expectations. It's important for you that I go away because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit can't come. But I, what I'm expecting is, Jesus says, if I go away, then the Holy Spirit's going to fulfill his part of the responsibility and he's going to come and be a part. So there's responsibility, there are expectations. And then finally this, everyone is accountable to someone. Everyone is accountable to someone. There is no relationship that is honoring or pleasing to God that gives me carte blanche to do whatever I want with no responsibility and no authority and no limitation and no accountability whatsoever. Everyone's responsible. And in the the triune Godhead, God the Father looks down. Jesus prays in the garden, Lord... If it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be. There's some accountability there where Jesus is saying, look, we are, we are co-equal members of the triune Godhead. And yet I'm accountable to you. And the Holy Spirit is accountable to us. And, I, and we're accountable to the Holy Spirit. And if that's true there, then that's true in the relationships that we have. So the, the relationships are, are, are models of what God looks like. Not, not God, but God. What, what, what the, what the tri- the relation, they're models of what God looks like. Does that make sense at all? What, what I would like to do is, uh, is for the next three weeks then, to take three aspects of that. To, tonight we just kind of touched on character. But for the next three weeks... Next week to talk about vulnerability. What does it mean to be vulnerable in a relationship? Again, I don't want to do that. I'm not interested in making myself vulnerable. Unless I believe it's a relationship that's modeled after this triune Godhead. And then to talk about true intimacy. that, That I am in you and you are in me. That kind of genuine true intimacy in a in a relationship. And as difficult as that is in a couple's relationship, imagine how hard that is in a in a, a parent-child relationship or in a in a fellow church member. Right? That we really are, you know, the old Bill Gaither song: uh, "When one has a heartache, we all shed a tear." That we are really, to talk about true intimacy, and then finally, to to broach that subject that everybody's afraid to talk about. Uh, at least marriage counselors are afraid to talk about. But structure. And, and I, I believe that when we don't live according to the structure that God designed for the relationship, it's not a healthy relationship. But 
I don't want to tell anybody to live with structure if they're not willing to embrace character and vulnerability and intimacy in, in the relationship first. So to, so to talk about those three things. Is that, is that all right if we kind of do that? A little boy came home and uh, he was so excited. He was so excited. He had paper and, uh, and, and crayons and, and scissors. And, and uh, he said to his mom, he said, Mom, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in the room and I'm going to draw a picture of God. And she said, well, she didn't want him to be hurt, you know. She, she said, well, honey, nobody knows what God looks like. And he said, Mom, they will when I get this picture done. <laughs> this is going to be great. What I'm suggesting to us is that our relationships look like God. And God looks like our relationship. But, and that's what we're going to try to figure out. So, um, so what does God look like? I, let me try to let, let me try to just kind of let's try to decide together what what God l- looks like. Is that okay? Um, let, let me let me pick some. John, would you come up here? Do you mind coming up here? Now, let me just tell you. In my mind, this is what God looks like. God is, just tell Phyllis I said, this is what God looks like. God is an older, white-haired gentleman. Uh, He's a white guy, by the way. God's a white guy. He's an older, white-haired gentleman. And so this is, this is God. This is my, this is what God looks like. All right? All right. All right, he, just, he said, bless you, my son. So, I, so now I feel, I feel validated in that. So, I, you know, that, well, I don't know. I don't know. That's not, I don't know. That, that's not exactly what God looks like. Um, uh, let me try. Vera, do you, mind, do you mind coming up here, Vera? Maybe, maybe this is what God looks like. You know, how many of you read the, Paul Young's book, The Shack? Yeah, yeah, God's a, God's a, well, <laughs> forget the first part, she's a large black woman in the, but Vera's not a large black, but God's a, yeah, but yeah, so I, I really think, sorry John, just gonna move down here a little bit, I, I really think this is what God looks like, I think we're going to be surprised, uh, 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 who is it, uh, yeah, if, if, you, if you walk into heaven, he looks exactly like you, you're going, man, I had no idea. No, I think, I, I think, you know, uh, uh, Leonard Sweet is trying to think who is. Leonard Sweet says uh, in one of his books, he says, I believe in God, whoever she is. You know, so this is what, this is what God looks like. I think God, I, I feel better about that. Sorry, no offense to you, John. I feel better about it. I think this way. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, uh, uh, Mike, would you come up here? Would you come up here, Mike? You know, I, probably, okay, in all honesty, probably closer to this. You know, he was Jewish. Now, Mike's not Jewish, but he's more of that olive complexion. And so, sorry, Vera, but, you know, God's, God's probably... Yeah, my no. Probably, yeah, probably, God's probably a Hispanic guy. I think that, that yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. Amen. You know, particularly in America, there's more and more of you all the time. Yeah, so I on, think, so I on. think God, yeah. So that, you know, on. I think God... You teach you something. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that's, you think that's close? 
Or what about this? Can I bring you over here, Bear? Can I just, did you mind y'all just linking arm right here? And, and I'll bring you over here, John. You just link, you just link, just close, just real close. What if God looks like that? What if that's what God looks like? That when we join arms together in the church as the body of Christ, when we, when we surrender ourselves, when we're vulnerable to one another, when we, when we are accountable to one another, when, when there's true intimacy, then, then people look back and say, oh, oh, that's what, now I see, that's what God looks like. And I want my marriage and my relationship with my kids and my relationship with my pastor and my relationship to the world, I want them to model what God looks like. Is that all right? Father, teach us what it means to truly be in relationship that's modeled after this triune Godhead. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys. Thank you guys.